What up, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Black Expat Podcast. My name is Carl, and I'm excited to be rocking with you guys for yet another episode. Before I jump into what we'll be talking about today, you guys, don't forget, one, if you listen to this podcast and you haven't already, subscribe. I am now on Amazon. Two, I am also writing for Medium. Check out the articles I've written about COVID and the expat experience abroad during COVID. The link is in this description. And as always, if you would like to support the Black Expat Podcast, become a patron. That essentially means you get exclusive content from me and you are supporting my dream, my vision of becoming a full-time podcaster and eventually have my own radio show, which I'm really, really excited about having. So today I have a very special guest I would like to welcome on. We actually go way back like faux flats on the Cadillac. Um, through our time in university, through the Posse Foundation program, like all these wonderful things that we'll get into during the video. He also has a podcast, excuse me, that is amazing. I listen to quite often. It keeps me hip and up to date, you know, being abroad and not back in America on things that are going on back home in America and also all over the world, not just limited to America. He is from New York, one of my favorite places that you guys know me very well. Favorite places to visit, not to live though. I'm going to be honest with y'all. And I recently became a New York Giants fan. You know why? Because the Bears suck. If you follow football, you know what I'm talking about. New York Giants beat Seattle Seahawks. They might be going to the playoffs. I'm calling it right now. I think the New York Giants are going to win the Super Bowl. I'm calling it. They're going to win the Super Bowl this year. It's going to be a surprise, and everybody's going to be real upset and also real happy at the same time because they're not going to see it coming. They're going to beat Tom Brady again. They're going to go to the Super Bowl. But anyway... That's extremely off topic, but I want to say that because, you know, it's my show and I can do stuff like that. But yeah, I'm really, really excited to have uh, our guest on today. I'll allow him to introduce himself once he calls into the show, and then we'll jump right into the interview. The name of his podcast is called Keep Up. And if you read the description of this podcast, you know that you should be tuning in so that you can keep up with us because we're going to have a lot of amazing things to talk about uh, throughout this entire episode. I've been really fortunate recently to get a bunch of great interviews, uh, to talk to a bunch of amazing people that are based around all around the world. And before I, I, I was trying to keep it as, you know, well, I wanted to keep it as, as expat friendly as possible. But uh, considering the state of the world now and everything that's going on and how this virus has affected us from a global you know, from a global standpoint, um, things that are happening all around the world, including America, Haiti, things, places like that, um, are important. And do impact us as expats, especially expats that are continuously living um, back or continuously living abroad and haven't made it back home yet. Uh, so again, excited to welcome Vince on to the uh, to the show to talk about his experience uh, living in New York amid COVID, as well as in addition to all of the other amazing projects that he has working on. And of course, uh, the amazing podcast that we'll definitely get into. But it's definitely been interesting. Uh, I've talked to someone from the West Coast so far. Um, if you guys listen to that live broadcast, I was with my best friend of many, many years, Jeremiah, who lives in L.A. I um, mean, how he's been making it through uh, through the coronavirus and how L.A. has dealt you know, with the entire situation. Uh, so that's definitely been uh, that was interesting to hear about. I spoke to somebody that's living in Texas. Uh, that was the the Taiwanese expat experience podcast. Uh, she was a Taiwanese person that actually, you know, live came from Taiwan. I met her in Taiwan. She's Taiwanese. And she moved to America uh, after she, you know, and her and her husband lived in Japan for a while. Then they moved back to America. And her experience about living in Texas and how it is is very interesting, too. Again, a different part of the United States, completely different place, different culture, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then now we'll also be hearing from the East Coast. 
uh, which is New York. And of course, you know, I'm from Chicago, so I got the Midwest locked down, talk to my sisters and my family all the time. So I can provide that perspective. But I do want to go up. I want to find somebody in like Wyoming that I could talk to uh, and, and podcast with and, um, you know, have share some stories and have some perspectives on as well. So I'm definitely really, uh, really, really excited about that. But enough about me. It's time to jump into this interview and get it started. Hello, Vince. Are you there? What's up, Carl? How you doing, Mr. Black Expat? <laughs> How's it going? Good, sir. It's very, very good to hear from you. How are you doing this evening in New York, right? It's evening time out there. It is. It is. I was listening to your blasphemy about New York sports, um, but while <laughs> I was doing that, I was trying to uh, plug in everything. I am new to, even though my podcast has been on Podbean, mm. I am new to the service. I downloaded the app for this interview. So calling in was a little difficult. I didn't think it would be, but it was. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and as we were talking before we started the show, I was like, I should just record how to like, you know, how to actually call into the platform because it is kind of confusing. I never have to call in. I realize this because I'm always hosting the damn show. So I need to actually see, you know, what everyone else is going through. So I'm definitely going to do that. It took a while. Yeah, my bad. But I'm definitely definitely going to do that moving forward. But it's how, all good. Calling yourself could lead to schizophrenia, so I don't want you to do that, bro. <laughs> don't worry. Your fans don't want that either. Black, I do want you to introduce yourself, but real quick, blasphemy about New York sports. You're not a New York Giants fan? Uh, oh, you're first a Jets of all, fan. I am a Jets fan, yes. Oh, and um, and thank you. Thank you, Greg Williams. You went out <laughs> on top. You went out on top, bro. Thank you. You saved the season. You saved the season. <laughs> we, need a number, we need a number one pick, bro. And Adam Gase... I know why they didn't fire him. They didn't fire him because you can't tank without him. You can't mm. tank without Adam Gase. There is no tank without Adam Gase. And wait, wasn't he like the coordinator for Tom Brady at some point or for the Patriots? Is that is that Adam Gase? No, no. He was the court. Are you talking about Greg Williams? Or are you talking about uh, Adam Gase? Adam Gase was the coordinator for the Denver Broncos when Peyton Manning ah, won the Super Bowl. And he was a terrible, terrible coach. Um, Ryan Tedahill was garbage pretty much while he was coach at the Miami Dolphins and now you see what Ryan Tannehill is doing he's putting up MVP numbers two straight seasons so Adam Gase is trash (laughs) (laughs) that's true that is definitely I think he also worked in Chicago too I think he was a coordinator in Chicago as well as a matter of fact he was with that's where I know him from yeah that's where I know him from he was in Chicago (laughs) he was in Chicago and you know Chicago's offense has been terrible for years so I can't 100% blame it on him but I'm sure he didn't help at all I'm positive he didn't help at all. I would say that you jinxed us, but we are the jinx, so I don't even know. Like, and and yeah, don't be yeah, don't be don't take that bear with us shit, man. Keep that Chicago Bears jinx over there, bro. No, nah, we don't. Nah. And the Giants suck, man. The Giants suck, dude. Why do you keep? Five? Why are you jumping at teams that? Yeah, they got five, but I'm just saying, like, why are you jumping on teams that get single digit wins every year? What's going? What's wrong with you, man? <laughs> No, I'm just saying this season they're going to come out of left field. It's it's a it's a COVID nineteen season, so I'm I'm really predicting like like okay for example today the Steelers lost to who they lose to the the I don't even know what that team's called anymore though the the Washington what? team or whatever they're called right they lost the yes, Steelers are going to win the Super Bowl did. we know that for a fact we know that for I, a fact okay yeah for a fact they're, they're not right. going to win the Super Bowl they're not going to come out of the AFC. Because the Kansas City Chiefs are much better than them. And then you have the NFC, which who's the best team in the NFC? The Saints. But if Drew Brees comes back, he old as hell. He's not going to make it. So it's going to be the Giants. I'm calling it right now. 
put some money down on it, guys. Believe me, I'm really good at guessing stuff like this. I was going to say, like, I, I'm, I love how you had, like, a lot of uh, analysis going on with the other teams. And then when you got to the Giants, you were just like, yo, just believe me, guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> they like, got it. Yeah, man. Uh, I, don't even, I didn't even mention Daniel Jones. I didn't even mention they don't got Saquon Barkley. I didn't even mention they got no defense. <laughs> well, to be fair, Saquon Barkley slows them down. I say that, I mean that to say they, they, they rely on him too much. So having him not be there has actually helped their offense. Remember, they started 0-5. I think he was there for like three, three out of five of those games or something like that. So now they're better without him. Similar to Le'Veon Bell not being in, you know, on the Jets anymore. They're much Man, better without if him. I was, I if, I was Penn St- if I was Penn State, I'd, if I was Penn State, I'd be like, give him back. Give Saquon <laughs> back. You don't know how to use him. Stop it. I was yeah, a, I'm a Jets fan. I wanted to draft him really bad. I wanted to draft him really bad. So that's like a waste, bro. You're going to tell me that Saquon Barkley, one of the best running backs in the league, is like, whatever. Too much about sports. We could definitely go on to sports for a very long time. I'm glad. Uh, but let's go back a little bit. Can you introduce yourself? Uh, yes. Tell us a little about yourself. Uh, you know, what's going on in New York and of things course, like that. Of course. Of course. Thank you. Thank you. And again, a big, big pleasure. Uh, you have been doing this podcast before mine, and uh, you're you've been very exemplary and uh, trailblazing, and I really appreciate that. Someone to look up to, also a pioneer of going across the seas. Definitely, definitely someone that I look up to. So my podcast, Keep Up, I started in around February 2017, I think, mm-hmm. and uh, I have a radio background. I was an intern at Sirius XM for Ron and Fez, uh, Howard Stern, uh, Opie and Anthony. I also have, yeah, my grandfather was also, he's also bears the same name as me. He died a couple years ago. And uh, he was the first vice president of NBC Radio. So Mm. he he also did a telecast for, not telecast, he also did a radio broadcast for Foreman versus... uh, Ali. So like mm. I've always been into that. I've always been into live broadcasts. I've always been into theater. You know that from DePaul. Absolutely. We went to school. So everybody just always was like, hey Vince, you know, you're animated. You have um you have a broad knowledge of a lot of things. Uh you're not afraid of the camera or the, the mic. So come out with a podcast. Get it like, you know, the fact that I hadn't emerged into radio yet. And I had been on other radio shows. I had been uh, part of this DTF uh, radio. It's called Dropping the Flavor. I know it sounds like uh, noisy shit, but it's, <laughs> yeah, I wish it was, but it wasn't. <laughs> I wish it was like some swingers club, but no, it was not. It was a radio station in Brooklyn. Mm. And uh, that was cool. And I also did a uh, – did I do another show? Yes, I did a couple other shows. Oh, I did one for this place called The Sea. WF network and that was conversation with friends. That's another independent network Hmm. and that was fun, but there was a lot of creative differences. So yeah, then eventually I started my own podcast. I got my own website. I got a graphic designer. Um, it was just her and I for a little while. My cousin was helping with, uh, mastering. He wasn't mastering anything though. He was just putting an introduction and, uh, he was just putting an intro and outro and then eventually I learned all those things myself, audio editing. I eventually got a YouTube channel for it. And it's about, uh, it's about viral news and cliches. We talk a little bit about politics. We talk a little bit about entertainment. 
and we integrated the guest portion where we kind of like rely on the guests now because the what the fuck did I say portion is uh, basically um, based on the cliche from the horse's mouth. Hmm. So we come up to any brand like yourself, whenever you're a guest, uh, like you're doing right now, you're letting me highlight my brand. So the questions that I bring just like this is basically highlighting the brand of a multifaceted uh, person that's usually in entertainment in the content creation space. And that's it. Well, I know I've been following you. Um, you yeah. your, I'm sorry. I've been following your podcast for quite some time. Well, since you started, to be honest with you, because I do, I do a lot of uh, studying, uh, you know, because you're always trying to get better as a person who's behind a microphone or if you're on camera or, you know, whatever you're doing, you're always trying to find ways to get to get and be better. I know one thing that uh, I don't know if anyone's ever told you, it's like you have a great voice for radio. Like, like have, have you heard that a lot from people? I have, and I'm sure you've heard the same. You have an amazing <laughs> voice, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, when I was younger, the public like, "Oh, you should, you should get into radio." And I, I never thought that I would even, you know, dive into having a podcast. Right? It kind of, it kind of was a product of the experiences I was having and wanting a different way of talking about them because I wasn't the best writer. So, like, was there a moment? Because I know you have a you have a family background. Uh, with people being in radio and being uh, and being on TV and things like that. It's like, was there a moment for you growing up where you kind of realized that, you know what, I can entertain and that radio or maybe a podcast or maybe a YouTube channel was a way for you to kind of use your talent to give back to the people, to your, to your audience, to your guests, to your friends who would then be listening to you uh, through the many platforms that you broadcast yourself on? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, yes, I've always had the confidence that I can entertain uh, because that's always just been my passion. Uh, when we mm -hmm. went to college, and no knock on anybody, but everybody was figuring out what they wanted to do. And even though, like, I was a knucklehead student, and I, like, you know, I was going through a lot of stuff, I always wanted to be in entertainment, media fellows, all that good stuff. I always wanted to entertain. And like you said in the question, um, did you think it would be in podcasting? or YouTube or influencing, no. Uh, I was actually like allergic to that for a while. Uh, I hated reality TV. Mm. The only reality TV, which is like a contradiction, uh, <laughs> is the only reality TV that I like is um, re Real World. I did watch like the Osbournes. Yeah, I know, it's the only one, That's the only, and I watch it with my mom. Like, I watch, yep. like we've seen every season, it's like a tradition now. It's like a tradition. It's my shit, man. Pedro, that's my dog. <laughs> but anyway. Um, anyway, so, uh, no, I hate reality TV. So I was in college. I was actually in a master's program, and we were talking about reality TV, and I was scoffing at it. And so I, for all this time, I hated it. I hate people going viral. I hate people using the internet just to, like, you know, make a meme, and then they get famous before they actually have... Um, the content to back it up. And now I'm totally a Fairweather fan. Now now, right. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> now I'm on YouTube. Like you said, now I'm on the podcast. So I did not think that I would deliver it in that way. But I'm happy I did because it's independent media. It's independent content creation. And until we get to that day where people are distributing it for us, syndicating it, or getting onto other projects, uh, this is the way we're delivering it. And this is the way that they're going to see it. And this is the best way to do it because... As you know, like a researcher yourself, podcasts are growing 300% per year. And that's mm -hmm. where most people are, especially young people, are getting their information. And that's where we need to be. 
And you know what? It's actually interesting because you're one of the very few people that have actually had shared the same sentiment as me when I said I still don't like reality TV. Like I never really enjoyed it. I did like real, real world. <laughs> me all right, no, I'm gonna call it Arna. I'm tired of saying that. I did really like that show, and I enjoyed that, right? And I enjoyed watching and having fun with it. But the same, I never thought, like, I never thought that I would be. I'm still hesitant about being on YouTube, even though I am now. I just started restarting my YouTube channel again. But yeah, like, I never saw myself being there. But I really think that uh, now, like, like based on what you said, I think now being able to do it in the way that I want to, which I think before maybe really wasn't there because podcasts weren't growing as big, there weren't that many platforms and many opportunities. But now I feel more empowered to do it simply because I know that I can do it in a way that I want to uh, to convey the message that I want to convey. And now I know that when I'm saying things, I'm saying it from a real perspective, which is very much so how you carry your podcast as well. Like you give real authentic opinions and ideas and have real conversations um, in a very laid back, relaxing and entertaining way as well. Thank you. Thank you. My dad, because uh, I'm uh, not thinking, I'm actually trying to get into politics, either in the operatives or uh, or even running one day. But um, he was he was because he knows some politicians locally and he was shopping the show and he was not shopping the show. He was shopping me. And he goes, well, does it matter who you work for? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, your, your show is not mainstream. I'm like, it's not mainstream. I'm like, I think I know what he was trying to say. Again, my influences in life are like Charlemagne the God, Howard mm. Stern, Rosenbaum, um, a lot of shock jocks, Funkmaster Flex, um, and even now, like, uh, like you said before, like with the authentic conversations and just being, you know, just trying to be as real as possible. Um, I'm not a conservative by any means, but one of my favorite uh, people on air is Stephen Crowder, getting louder at Crowder. I'm sorry that I'm giving him press. <laughs> but he's the guy that started he's the guy that started um and they got there's like a big meme movement behind it too and it's called prove me wrong and it's mm. this guy and he's got the the sign in front of like the universities which i thought was genius genius wow. because there's no other there's no more opinionated person or no person in the world that thinks they know more than you than a college student. Student. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld and Chris Rock won't do comedy um, at won't do stand up at colleges anymore because they say that it's too liberal, and they're liberal themselves. They mm. say that like all they do is try to cancel you while you're on stage, and while and like they try to like you know it, it's crazy. So I, I get what he's saying. So um, yeah, you just you gotta. Uh, no, no, I, 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 uh, I appreciate people like Steven Crowder. I appreciate people that no matter what they're saying, that people that do enjoy them, their audiences that do enjoy them or and people that enjoy me, you can sift through the bullshit. Yeah. The stuff that I say is entertainment. Most of it, but yes, the people that really are fans of the show, they can get down with the messaging that I'm doing because they don't care. They don't care the delivery. They're like, it's funny. It's a great, it's a great entertainment value to it. But yes, I like to have substance behind it as well. So thank you for noticing that. So, so can you walk us through like when you created the, the, the creation of your podcast show and, and the delivery behind it. So like, why did you select the name keep up and with each show that, that, that you produce and that you put out, what is the goal that you're trying to 
what are you trying to give the audience with each episode that you then produce? And what was the mindset when you were actually creating and thinking about, all right, this is what I'm going to create. I'm going to call it Keep Up. And with each and every episode, I want to have this message or this style of feel uh, be delivered to my audience. Like, what was that creative process like before you even got started with your first episode? Great. You, you have amazing questions, man. These were not even on the sheet. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they're great. They're great. <laughs> so um, when I first started the podcast, um, it was in diary form. And uh, the way, so I'm going to give some credit and let's see if I get sued one day. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, uh, my good friend, Alex Palacios, he ran for, he ran for office in Minnesota. Um, he's a cool guy. And he also, he's posse as well. Oh, my God. He's from DePaul. He's posse as well. And so uh, I think he's your year, as a matter of fact. Yeah. So he, uh, he was uh, staying over at my house one time. He's actually on a podcast episode. I, I detail him. Um, there's a part, if anybody listens to my podcast, it's uh, the story about the guy um, asking me, how did I sleep? I don't like that question. But anyway, you listen <laughs> to that another day. But he, uh, we were coming. He he said the same thing. He was one of the many people that was like, "Hey, you should po- start a podcast. You should start a podcast." And so he wanted to do it with me, and so that didn't end up happening. But he was there for the brainstorm session, and I, hmm. I came up with a name. But he was there for the brainstorm session, so I have to give him credit for that. And then again, we were supposed to do the podcast together, so like that would have been cool. But that did not happen. He moved to Minnesota. And when I started the podcast, like I said, it was in diary form and it was supposed to keep up with me. It was supposed to just keep up with me. Like I was selfish about the, <laughs> about the premise. <laughs> and uh, I felt like I had a lot of stories to tell. I felt like I had a lot of stories to tell. Plus the format that I was on before when I was at CWF, when I was being distributed by someone else, it was called Words Mean Things. And I didn't come up with the title. It was okay. Mm. But that's what I was, that's where I was going towards he liked that like i was very unpredictable with what i was saying that like i'm cool with that i could i can go on stage i could do i could improv i could do all that good stuff he liked that the producer um that was the the creator and director of cwf so that's another advice that i give to podcasters you're always going to have to copy off of different things you're always going to have to like you said before you're always looking at different podcasts even the what the fuck segment is from mark Marin. Um, his what the fuck podcast. That's where I break down my segments. So it, it, it evolved over time because I would start getting guests and they don't want to talk about me all the time and it would be sprinkled in. And then I started talking about, um, celebrities and politics a little bit. And then slowly I started breaking down the segments and it became more like a digest. It became more like a magazine. And the what the fuck that I say at the end still had the the diary portion of me like, you know, talking shit and, and saying stuff about my life that relates to the the cliche title. <laughs> and then that evolved and then that evolved into season three, finally, where that portion now is based on the cliche from the horse's mouth. And that is now the brand section of where the guest gets to again promote their brand and because i'm similar in that way i work in entertainment i work in corporate america 
And a lot of people have second jobs, third jobs that are in content creation and then are in vertical situations where they have to promote themselves. So I like to have that section for people to do. For those interesting people that make my my new sh- my show, again, it evolved from being diary format. It be and then we incorporated guests where they they brought more news centric things, more entertainment things to the show, not just me blabbing about my life story. And now the third season, it is a it's pretty much full, fully fleshed out. Now you can firmly say, what is if elevator pitch? What is the show about? Viral news and cliches. The title is a, is a cliche. We try to base it about that. And the news is basically whatever is trending that week. And we try really, really hard to keep it that way. Whatever the freshest movies are, the freshest music. And again, a couple of things that are going on in politics that people can keep up with, that people can digest and be able to go on with their days. And you know what? That's actually quite interesting, which is, again, another reason why I love doing interviews, because it always helps me reflect on things that I've done and also helps me learn along the way. And I'm sure you can relate to that as well. But I know for me, I think it's very similar because when I started the Black Expat podcast, you listen to the first maybe 10 episodes, honestly, the first 20, because I have like 120 now, I think. Um, yes. They were all about it. Was, the goal, the reason why I started was to share my own perspective, my story, to you know encourage people to inspire them to want to get out and travel the world, right? Because back then I had my travel company, and it was like, you know what? People don't read all the articles sometimes, or they don't have time to download their, their computer to find the website and so on and so forth. So let me just talk about my experience, and hopefully that'll get people to want to come out and do things. But our company is one of the first black abroad travel companies and travel blogs that were doing it that way. And then over the course of me podcasting, that shifted where many people started doing like became influencers and then Instagram took off and we weren't handsome enough to have a million Instagram followers, even though we were traveling before everyone else handsome was. Enough. Uh, <laughs> you know, so like, you know, people would come on, they wear shirts off photos. Oh, I'm in, I'm in Dubai, standing on the sand and then they go back to the hotel, but we're actually out here doing everything there is to do in these places. So, it started with me just sharing my own stories, but then I guess as traveling evolved and as technology evolved, so did the podcast. And it became about, okay, I can't just talk about myself like you said. Like, yeah, people are going to get tired of just hearing my, my stories, no matter how cool I think they are. Then I started talking about how I thought people were feeling. Then I said, you know what? I can talk to myself about how I think people feel all the time, but how about I get real people on the show and then do interviews? And I was like, you know what? I like asking questions. Let's do that. So I think it is important to talk about, I think, in the podcasting community. Well, that's a thing, uh, especially uh, just about the evolution of yes, the are. evolution of podcast. The four of us. <laughs> it is like how our podcasts are, have actually evolved and um, how they probably will continue to evolve. But I think the good thing about podcasting, as as opposed to being, you know, uh, uh, like being supported by a brand or having to follow some corporation guidelines for you, is that you are free to evolve. And then once you evolve to a point where somebody picks you up, it's just maintaining that creative freedom to be able to evolve as you see fit to keep up with the trends. Man, I'm, I'm about that for a circle. Shout out to myself. Hey. Yeah, yeah, I don't so, want to um, like take too much from that, but like Joe Button and Joe Rogan, perfect examples. Like you said, they were podcasting for years. Everybody has been jumping on them lately, but they were podcasting for years. So keep going. Sorry. 
I don't know. Yep, absolutely. And, that, and that's one of the reasons why um, people are always like, uh, well, actually, like, why do you keep podcasting? Like, what are you trying to do with it? And I'm like, you know, I I actually enjoy it. Like, I really, really love it. Every time I'm able to get on the microphone and it talk shows. to someone, shows and talk to myself, it's just like, I love doing this. So I'm not, I'm not going to stop. I'm, again, I may never be famous. Or I may never make six figures. But as long as I'm able to enjoy what I'm doing and put a positive message out there, I'm going to continue doing it. Nothing's going to stop me from doing that. Because you know, haters are he haters are everywhere. But this is what? true, and negative people too. I can't I can't do all that positivity, Carl. You know me, man. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> You're making me sick. You're making me sick. <laughs> you see, you know what that is? That is that healthy balance where I do struggle with that. And I, when and I know I think I tweeted something, and you sent me. Oh no, I put it on Instagram, and you talked to me about. It. I was like, you know what? That is true. Uh, it is some. There is there is such a thing as being too positive, and. I picked that up in my podcast, so now I'm starting to talk. I'm starting to balance it out a little bit more. Like, yeah, you have to highlight the positive things. That's great, but talk about like real stuff people are going through from all the perspectives, not just from the rah rah. You're gonna make it. Like, nah. Sometimes you're not gonna make it. I can't go home because of COVID. That shit's sad. I'm sad about that. that. Is, let's let's that is process that for you. To be honest, <laughs> it's like that's not a happy thing. I I can't positive my way out of not being able to go home. And they need to pass a stimulus check, but we'll get to that later. So what is one of the <laughs> <laughs> for real, man? God damn. <laughs> um, what is, what one, is of the, what? one of the best episodes you ever had? And why was it the best episode for you? Okay. Uh so as far as widely popular, let me look that up. That <laughs> is uh killing two birds while stoned. That has over on SoundCloud, it has 307 listens, but over across the platforms, it has 5,000 listens. And uh, shout out to Russia. Russia loves my show. I don't know why, but they do. Um, <laughs> so it's, again, it is episode. So I have them all in Roman numerals, and it's called Killing Two Burns While Stoned. And uh, we talked about, and so it was during the holiday season, coincidentally. We are in the co- holiday season. Um, it, was, it, was, uh, it was really viral stuff, to be honest. Cardi B. And uh, offset at Rolling Loud when he um, when he uh, professed his love to her after the first cheating scandal. Joe Budden and Sin Santana, that was another one. They were on stage and they were trying to rekindle their love. And as far as like the personal standpoint, um, again, what the fuck did I say didn't evolve into the guest um, portion yet. So it was, oh, yo, that is so creepy. You're on it. <laughs> Really? <laughs> I'd even do that on purpose. I swear to God, I can't help the poor if I'm one of them. So I'm going to get rich and give back to me. That's a win-win. I got that from you from Twitter. Oh, yeah. Really? Yes. Yeah, so oh, I, I. So that's hilarious. Wow, that is so creepy. Again, this was my most listened to episode, and I mentioned your tweet. So in the what the fuck did I say? Again, I was still trying to figure out what that section was. So I would take things from Twitter. I would, t- again, what the fuck did I say? It would be what, like, silly things that other people said, either celebrities or people in my own world. And we would just dissect it and just, uh, yeah, just try to, like, go ham on it. And that's hilarious that you're a part of that. That is so now funny. Can, the thing is, I actually mentioned that to somebody yesterday, that same line. <laughs> like, that's, we were talking about something. I mentioned that same line to someone yesterday. Man. Damn, nature. That is so crazy. Totally is crazy. And we talked about um, regifting. We talked about regifting too. That yeah, that was a fun episode. That was a really cool episode. And my favorite, personally, and we don't have to get too much into it, 
Um, I think it's episode five, and that's and that's uh, season one where I was more personal, and I talked about my trip to Brazil and how I got in real big trouble and lost a lot of friends because of a lot of uh, uh, a lot of orgy uh, uh, type experiences. So yeah, so definitely listen to that episode if you want to listen to some old school type shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely gonna check that one out. I got a hell of questions, but um, so. <laughs> Yo, Brazil, <laughs> man. Yo, if you think that you're not gonna go down there and have some sex, if you're like, oh man, I'm gonna go down there and I'm gonna be celibate. No, that's not happening. It's not happening. <laughs> the waiter will try to fuck you. Like it's, it's just so much sex in the air. Like you just can't help it. You're just like, god damn it, I gotta dive right in. And see, like my godson's dad is 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 Brazilian. He's like, yeah, I want to take you guys to Brazil. And like one of my best friends, Lacey, like she married uh-huh. him. I'm like, man. Now I'm even more excited. Like I definitely want to go with my godson now. Like he's two years old. I don't want him to be around all that. But um, oh, definitely, <laughs> definitely going. No, to they're gorgeous. I've been to Colombia too. I think you have as well. And they're um, and I think Colombians are actually more gorgeous. But uh, Brazilians just have these naturally athletic and just proportionate bodies down there. Not as good as the face, but Colombia they have a lot of plastic surgery. So that makes a lot more sense, but yeah, they're they're all gorgeous down there. I like the, the place I met the most gorgeous women was Kenya. And people are like, really? I'm like, yeah, oh, nah. Yes, Kenya women are oh. just amazing, beautiful man. Amazing. That's right. I look like ludicrous. The best women are in Africa. That's Love right. Kenya. That's right. So, following your advice, what is uh, or like what was, uh, in your opinion, just to yourself, like what was a bad podcast episode that you had, or like maybe a bad podcast and experience that you can kind of speak about that you walked away from and you were like, you know what, that could have been better, but I'm gonna release it anyway. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> um, I, I I take uh, the Paul Newman approach. Um, the only reason why I listen to my podcast at all is because I edit it. Um, mm-hmm. I am a firm. I, I only, so I don't, I've created a lot of art, but I haven't um, really had the chance to like reflect on it before. And so now I don't, now I don't anymore. Cause Paul Newman used to say that he used to be like, create the art and just be done with it because you'll overanalyze it and it'll try, it'll like, it'll bog you down eventually. So to me, it's not like football. Like we were talking about before. It's not like game footage. Um, you just got to get out there. So like you said, one of the episodes that I regret and I put out was uh, there's a couple. One was this consp- uh, was about 9/11, and um, I I even say on the show as a joke that like as an adult you're only allowed one conspiracy theory and unless uh, until someone thinks you're crazy. If you go over one, everybody thinks you're fucking crazy. So my one is 9-11. I, I think that most of our wars are pretty much premeditated, blah, blah, blah. All that stuff that could throw me in the loony bin. Um, so, <laughs> again, that's why I stopped making it so personal. One of the reasons is because I, I matched with somebody on a dating app, and she asked to listen to my podcast. I was like, sure, why not? And so I sent her the link, and she goes, oh, my family are firefighters, and... Mm-hmm. I can't believe you think it's a conspiracy, but I'm like, Oh my God. And she like blocked <laughs> me. And I'm like, wow, that was, uh, that was crazy. That was nuts. <laughs> she, took that, she took that crazy. But anyway, so then there was another one when I worked at, uh, at Brute, an online media company 
was running the website and all that good stuff. And that's another reason why it helped enhance the show because that's why I'm able to deliver more news because I was working in news. Hmm. So this one reporter that was working with her, fuck you. Um, she lives in Houston, Texas now. Her name is uh, Laura Ducos. She's a decent <laughs> reporter. She's a decent journalist, but she's fucking hella immature. And she told me that she was listening to my podcast one time in front of mad people, by the way, at work and goes, I was listening, Vince, but in the middle, you said that you didn't have a microphone, so I just stopped listening. And I'm like, wow. And she was right. She was right. The co-host that I had all season long of season two, her name was Jamie. Uh, Her nickname is Not That Jay-Z. She left the (laughs) show uh, for health reasons. But um, she... uh... (laughs) Hold up, sorry. I was about to say... Um, yeah, I'm like walking around. Um, oh, she did her Bluetooth mic. You have a Bluetooth mic. You have the, the blue Yeti. She had the same one, just the same color and everything. And she, um, the USB cord got, um, got bent, got bent the, the, the port. Mm. And she was supposed to replace it many episodes and she just did it. And then one day it just gave out. And so I had to record from my phone. And I don't know, I don't remember if the quality was like that. And to be honest, the first season was all from my phone. So I don't know like what the fuck she was talking about. So she was like, oh, like, like the, once, once she found out that the sound quality was going to be bad, she just gave up on it. So I regret that. I regret like saying that on air and not editing that out. Mm. And I also regret one more episode. Um, it was between Jamie and I. I made Jamie cry one episode. That sucked. Um, mm. We were talking about... Uh, 12 years a slave and Jamie is Jewish. She's uh, from the Upper East Side. God bless her heart. And uh, we were talking about 12 years a slave and she was just like so adamant that she wouldn't watch it. And usually I don't give a shit what you watch. I don't care. Watch whichever you want. But like it just felt so wrong because it was just like not to say that I don't even want her to watch it, but to just be so dismissive of it. I took offense to it as a black person, as a, a, as a very diluted black person. I still took offense to it. <laughs> And we got into the whole trope shit of, oh, should we tell people not to watch Schindler's List, this and that? Like, oh, people that are that um, that have suffered in history, so their stories are not allowed to get told. It, it went down. It went down this whole bullshit, and she ended up crying. And I was just like, fuck, that's not what I wanted to do. And we had to like stop the sh- We had to pause the show for recording. It was crazy. So yeah, those are those are episodes that are still online. And uh, yeah. I definitely wish that I didn't publish, but I don't care. It's all good. That's all part of the the fabric. Yeah, and that definitely adds to the realism of the podcast, right? People can actually relate to it, like for putting everything out there and not trying to censor it or not trying to edit things to make you sound like you're right or like you're great every single time, right? Because we as humans, we make mistakes, we're incorrect, and we do bad things. I know one of the episodes I had where I had someone on that worked for Stacey Abrams, um, it was Chelsea. I haven't even published the episode yet. Um, and she was, and I, and I shared my opinion on voting. Um, and I was like, you know, and long story short, I, I basically said, you know, because of what our ancestors went through that we should vote. And she unpacked the hell out of that statement. And I learned so much. I look terrible. Like I look like Abrams I had, No, no. Uh, her, her right hand woman, uh, Chelsea. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Chelsea gotcha. Did. Gotcha. 
she unpacked it and broke it down and I looked terrible throughout that. And it, it was a live show. So again, every, I like doing live shows because you mess up, you got to roll through it. Um, but she unpacked the hell out of that episode. And then I learned so much from it, but I looked like I had no idea, but also she, she is the professional. She is knee deep in the, she's on the forefront of everything. So again, those moments do happen. And I know for me, one of the things that I wish I'd done more on the previous podcast I was on that me and my best friend did, Six Packs with Expats, which was just hilarity and vulgar. And we would drink a whole six pack throughout the entire episode. So <laughs> at the beginning, we'd be amazing. At the end, we just drunk and yelling at each other, which was, again, highly entertaining. <laughs> I think I know that. Yeah. Was that with, was that with Prolific? Yeah, but yeah, and I, I definitely I miss doing those because they were just so. I, I was about to say I, I and I watch his show. I watch his show for the Arts and Craft Bar. I watch that drinking with him. That shit is funny too. Like he's yeah he's us together is just hilarious. And I know yes, we you guys are a great tandem. Absolutely, CP travels all that. That's like you said before. The verticals is what, and and we mentioned reality TV before, like ad placement. That's basically what it is. We are reality TV. It's funny that we're the same thing that we were like avoiding because like I said, CB travels, arts and crafts, me with my podcast, with um, my Instagram, like, uh, you know, the, the, the YouTube channel, like we're always trying to, and like whatever products, whatever merch, we're trying to place that in ourselves, just like we're running a ra- reality TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the things that, <clears throat> I wish I had done more. Like as much fun as it was, um, I think there. I did want to include maybe we should have had maybe five minutes of realism where we actually challenged each other. And I do think that we, you know, because because we were best friends and we lived together on a business together and all that. I mean, it was hard to challenge each other on air, but I think processing that out loud for certain members of our audience for sure would have been beneficial. So if I did have anything I would like to have changed, it was yes, keeping the same flow, the same style, but adding just moments where we challenge each other's ideas and thoughts uh, again, still in a funny way and a good way, but also just had elements of that. Cause I know for a fact that that was, that's what was lacking in that regard that I can do more, that I do more of now um, to myself throughout my own podcast, just talking to myself sometimes. No, you're right. Um, even when I did that with her, she, you're right. I, we, sh- we had a great chemistry, her and I, and that was, I guess the first time we had bumped heads and I guess both of us weren't ready for it. So I agree with you. So to go along with that, what's like, in your opinion, the most difficult aspect of podcasting? Like putting together a show and launching everything. Like what is the, the hardest part of it for you? Um, I'm sure you can relate the professionalism of it. Uh, people think that at this point that I'm on season three and you, you're like you're almost you're pretty 100 episodes deep. And people think that it's still a hobby, and it's it's not. It's not. Like, I'm trying my best. If I had a bigger budget, I would have more marketing. I would have more everything, just like you would have. And so the biggest thing, for instance, I had a guest cancel two days in a row. Hmm. Um, I rescheduled somebody better, but that yeah. doesn't always happen. So this person, yeah, you tell them, you give them the outline. You do all these type of things. You pay for different things, and people still will try to treat you as if it's a hobby or is it just a little passion project? And that can get a little frustrating. That can get a little frustrating. And uh, like, like we said before about the positivity and stuff like that, um, even though I am not someone that portrays, like, you know, I have a lot, of, um, a lot of dark humor on the show, I still have to have energy. <clears throat> I still have to have energy. So one time, uh, one of my producers quit right before the episode. 
And he's still mm-hmm. recorded, by the way. I, I was thinking about being like, yo, get the fuck off the show, blah, blah, blah. And he did it right before we were about to talk to the guest, too. And I was just like, what the fuck? But I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't convey that on air. And uh, yeah, no, that pr- professionalism, going back to that, being professional, um, you can easily, because you're independently doing it yourself, just like you're at college, like you could easily stay in bed and not go to class because mom and your guidance counselor is not up your ass. Same thing with independent media. It's all on you to edit. It's all on you for post-production, pre-production, meeting, scheduling, booking, all that good stuff. And if that doesn't happen, it just doesn't happen. You know, and that's and that's so real because I think before, because you know, I don't know if my I'm you know, I don't know how popular it is. I have an idea of how popular, quote unquote, my podcast is. But you know, it wasn't until recently where I would I would always have to do all the scheduling and try to find people to have on the show and reach out and all that stuff. Which again, it's fun. It's it's just part of the process, but it is like you said, it's work. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of um, figuring out the right questions and also the right person for the right fit for the right episode for the right theme that you're trying to focus on for that episode. Like it's not mm-hmm. just find somebody and mm-hmm. talk to them. It's like is this person worthy? Not well, that sounds pretentious, but is this person going to be a good fit for not the sure podcast episode I'm trying to put out? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But yeah, I've got people that people that have reached out to said I want to be on the show, and then like, and then we set a date and a time. Like, oh no, I can't do it. Like three or four hours before, and I'm just like, ooh. Oh, that's uh, devastating. <laughs> so I'm like, ooh. So, so it takes a lot of like, no matter what, if I, once I post a live show on any, because on my website and things like that, I'm going to go through with it. So it's, I have to have a backup plan for if, like say for today you didn't show up, I have a whole script ready for if you didn't show up, all right, what could I talk about? Like, of course, I'm definitely going to talk shit that's about great. you, but I'm also going to have a whole show. Good, you should. <laughs> <laughs> that should be in the contract like the contingency that should be like we're going to talk shit about you actually i should do that i i, I probably have to be honest i talk shit about everyone. i have a yeah. promo um on my ig story from a couple of years ago that i like bumped into because you know like facebook loves to be creepy like that and show you old memories and uh on, on one of them i go if i haven't asked you to listen to my podcast that's probably because i'm talking shit about you on the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's but, oh, no, you're right, man. That shit is that shit is so frustrating. So yeah, not to take up too much airtime, but yeah, that shit is really, really frustrating. And to not show it on top of that. And again, I'm not on radio. You and me are not on radio yet. Or like, you know, uh uh satellite radio or uh what's it called? Uh, terrestrial radio. But we still gotta act like that because that's where we're trying to be. We're not even just radio, we're trying to be front and center. So there is, um, hate to be like sports, but just like my Jets, uh, my shitty ass New York Jets, they, um, some of them still got to play, even though they're 0-11 or 0-12, like they're auditioning for someone else. And so with us, like with our independent content creation, um, there's somebody out there watching and there's somebody out there listening and, and there could be someone that could pick us up and put them on their network or put us in a project. You never know. So always be on your A-game. Absolutely. And you know, one thing I love, because I did, I, I am going to follow in your footsteps and definitely work up to having a uh, recording my shows, but I'm always, I'm, for one, I, I drink through most of my shows. I don't drink a lot. I always have like one glass. Like I usually drink whiskey, but today we're, the bar is out of whiskey, which is good to know before we open. Uh, so I had to drink gin. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm not a big. Pace yourself. Pace <laughs> yourself. Yeah, I'm drinking, which is, you know, 
Jen, Jen and pineapple juice, which Patrick will be mad I use this pineapple juice, but man, it's definitely definitely been a good. What was I talking Jen about? And anyway. pineapple juice. What is ta- yeah. what? Yo, China's about to take back Taiwan, man. What's wrong with you, man? Don't be doing that. Don't be doing no. pineapple. I used to be a bartender. I never heard that. It's so try it. Jen pineapple juice with with red pepper flakes in it. It's delicious. It'll blow your mind. Red It'll pepper flakes. Red pepper flakes. Or oh my god. Or you take a traditional gin and tonic. You put black pepper in it, and then uh-huh. you put a cucumber in it. Delicious. Wow. I just turned vegan and that still doesn't sound appetizing. (laughs) (laughs) Delicious. I I actually learned this from someone named Carl, who's from Australia, who I met in Australia. And you call him Australian Carl. He's also Carl with a K. Australian Carl. Oh. I would say that's where, like, naturally I would think a Carl would be from. But there's Carl Winslow in Chicago. So there you go. You guys got that in common. Yeah, that's true. I've only met. Yeah, I've met one other college from California. I don't really like that crowd, though. He wasn't cool like the rest of us. Um, How are you from California <laughs> and you're not cool? Damn, damn. Well, Kamala used to not be cool. So, yes, yes, please, please. No, she's cool, except for the truancy. I wasn't down with that. I was, yeah. I, and I wasn't, not to go down the rabbit hole, but yeah, man, Biden was like my fifth choice. <laughs> but Trump was like my 99th choice, so it didn't matter. So it's like... <laughs> I just don't understand why we have these 70, 80 year old men as president of the United States. I don't get it. Like, they're super old. Me either. We're probably at some I know. Like they taught me the word septuagenarian. I didn't even know that word until they <laughs> came around. I'm like, man, we really love old people in America. God bless America. But, um, yeah, the greatest, what? the greatest generation of all time just won't fucking die. Goddamn, baby <laughs> boomers. Holy shit. They are holding it down and holding back these things. They really so. are. What that too? What do you wish you knew about podcasting before that you know now? And where do you see your podcast going in the future? Uh, what did I, what do I wish? Uh, I wish I knew. I wish I did more homework. Even though I'm glad that I pushed uh, the the podcast because that's another thing. Uh, if you're trying no matter whether you're in the beginning stage of the podcast, middle, or even where you are now, uh, like you said before, sometimes you just got to push it. Sometimes uh, I was planning, I had the idea in my head for a long time, and I was working as a community manager at a weed company called Puffco. And uh, one of my coworkers, he was um, a front man for a death metal band. And I just kept saying, oh, I want to release it like this. I want to do this. I want to put this there, blah, blah, blah. And they kept asking me when it was going to debut. And I'm like, oh, I'm working on this. I, I have to like. And one day John was just like, dude, just bring it out. It doesn't matter if it sucks. He's like, it's, it probably is going to suck. He's just like, but you got it. You just got to bring it out, man. Otherwise, you'll never know. Like, otherwise, you'll never improve. And so, like I said, bringing back to your question, um, even with saying that, I still wish that I did more research on like, uh, how to distribute it, how to post it, the metadata, all the little, all the little small minutiae details. But then again, I would have never learned that because I did learn on the hands-on. But I still wish that I learned a little bit before I started. Because, for instance, I would mention, oh, we're going to be on iHeartRadio. And it took like 10 episodes for that to happen. You know what I'm saying? So hmm. a lot of people called me out for that. They were just like, you kept saying that it was going to be on iHeartRadio. 
And I'm like, fuck, I did say that. God damn. And then Patreon. <laughs> I, I'm doing that right now, as a matter of fact. <laughs> I set up a Patreon, and I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with it. And so mm. I keep saying that on the show. I'm like, oh, we're going to set up the Patreon. We're going to set And Courtney, Courtney Smith called me out for it. She's like, Vince, you keep saying that you're going to – and she said it on air, too. She's like, you keep saying you're going to set up the Patreon, and there's no fucking Patreon. I'm like, fuck, there isn't a Patreon. You're right. You're right. <laughs> so, yes, I wish I did more homework. Because um, even though I don't need to be the most prepared person on earth, those are pretty vital to people listening. Consistency yeah. is key. And if you look too sloppy, people don't like to listen. That's true. And I know for me, Patreon was, uh, I'm definitely glad I got that. Patreon was, you know, a godsend. I definitely wish, again, like you said, I had started that and got a hit on that earlier. But like you said, a little bit more research. But also, honestly, when, when we started, I think back then, because what has been almost four years now, um, there just wasn't that much information out about podcasts. So it kind of was, uh, you know, you could start one and you kind of learn as you keep going because radio was still kind of big. Uh, YouTube wasn't, YouTube's been big for a while, but it wasn't, on, in my opinion, as big as it is now in regards to, and it wasn't as easy to monetize. Before the YouTube algorithm monetized was crazy difficult. Now it's like, oh, you get this many hours, you get 4,000 subscribers. We'll I'll talk to you about it. We'll figure out something that you can do, which yeah, was very different than what it was in the past. In America, it's a thousand. I don't know what it is globally, but in America, you, you get over a thousand. They start, uh, they, put, they, they talk to you, they send you a letter and they uh, email and they ask you, not ask you, they say, we're going to start monetizing your shit. We're going to start putting ad placements and shit. Yeah. One of my friends uh, just got verified uh, recently on YouTube and that's what happened. Hey, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get that. He's YouTube cool. Money too. You will, you will. No, it's not. It's you're right. It's not that hard. He reached a thousand, and he's a cheater. I love him. He's a cheater though. His name is Li- uh, his podcast is no, not podcast. His vlog is called Life of Mark. I'm on a couple episodes. As a matter of fact, we have a cross episode. Um, it's on my YouTube channel. Uh, Keep up travel, Bahal. He's from the Philippines, and we went to the Philippines. And so the reason why I say he cheated, he didn't cheat. It's great. It's great strategy. He is Filipino, and Philippines. I don't know the exact number. But they don't have as much TV as they have over here. So a lot of them watch. And as a matter of fact, across the world, yeah. in South America, um, the top 10 uh, influencers come from there, uh, YouTube influencers, because a lot of them don't have cable. And they yeah. get entertained by influencers, people talking about their lives or whatever, cooking, um, beauticians, hair, uh, hair product, all that kind of stuff. You know what's and funny? So, oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. Go yeah, ahead. please go ahead. I, I know what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, no, no, uh, ahead, he, uh, oh, no, no problem. He, uh, like I said, is Filipino. So he, he took advantage of that market and he did like um, reviews on like Manny Pacquiao and like Miss Universe and stuff like that. There was a winner from the Philippines recently and they love that over there. And mm-hmm. so obviously most of his fanship comes from there and that's why he blew up. That's why he blew up. Most of his videos are from views from the philippines and so i don't really have anybody that is like me like that to be honest i there there are people that are me and my demographic but i have to go look for them he doesn't they're all there and they're all waiting for his type of content you know what's interesting i think this is very ignorant of me a while ago is that i didn't realize as much as i do now how much americans are our country is a place where we really watch a lot of TV, but most places in the world, they do not. Like, even out here in Taiwan, their cable selection is trash. Uh, the only cable channels they have <laughs> that we're watching are HBO, Stars, and, you know, and, but what comes on those those channels? American television. But it also costs extra money, and they're like, nah, I'd rather save this money, and I'll watch free-ass YouTube. So, 
people are always like, man, just get on YouTube, get on YouTube, get on YouTube. And I'm like, man, why? No one watches YouTube because I didn't watch it. And people that I know my, my close circle back home, they didn't watch YouTube because they were watching TV shows, reality TV, things like that. Whereas the majority of the world, like they don't operate the same way that Americans do. That was a tough pill to swallow. And this just me being arrogant and not really paying attention to the world and focusing way too much on the American demographic when it's much easier to appeal to the world than it is to, you know, those 350 million Americans who keep voting in 80 year old people to office for whatever reason. I'm sorry. I keep going back to that. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a leader. We one. will one day. Don't, don't, yo, you keep putting it in existence. That's definitely going to happen. Watch. And, and then on top of that, what is he? 73 right now? That Trump dude, man, yeah. if he doesn't get arrested, he might become <laughs> the first 80 year old fucking president. Cause look, wait, I think he'll be like, Oh no, no Biden will because Biden's 77 right now. So yes, he's on track to be the first. He has to stay alive. But he, <laughs> uh, and he has to, st- and he, and he can't be like injuring his foot, you know what I'm saying? But he did recover pretty quickly, though. He Chasing took the, the dog. foot off recently. Chasing the dog. Yeah, I know, right? Away. Well, at least we Hilarious. have a dog in the White House again. Goodness gracious, <laughs> that dude. He Trump was trying to uh, was trying to recruit uh, Eric to be the family dog. <laughs> didn't work. Didn't work out though. Didn't work out. <laughs> So where do you see uh, your podcast keep up and all the products you're working on? Like, where do you see that collectively going in the future? Where are you headed and where would you like to be going? Well, like I said before, I'm slacking really hard on the merchandise. So I definitely want to start, like I said, the reality TV approach. I want to be able to place my products. I want to be able to write more. I know you're on Medium, so I want to get on more verticals. I want to get on more platforms and I want to end up. Like, um, yeah, like Joe Rogan, like um, Bill Simmons. Bill Simmons sold The Ringer, which mm-hmm. I didn't know was a network. I thought that The Ringer was just one podcast. And so then when Spotify bought it for $300 million last year, Jesus, I was like, I know, I was like, what the hell? Um, yeah, Joe Rogan's deal was $100 million. Um, I believe Joe Button's deal was around that as well. Not $100 million, sorry, I was way lower than that. But he got a nice exclusive deal before that. But um, so my goal is so back to Bill Simmons, he had a podcast called The Ringer, and that's when he left the ESPN and he started his own like, you know, sports kind of brand. And he, he could do that. He had a really good brand to begin with, even when he was at ESPN. So what I didn't realize is that he has 30 different podcasts under that umbrella. Wow. And so when Spotify bought that for 300 million, they were buying all those podcasts. And they're all different. And that's what Joe Budden's doing right now. Like, even though Joe Budden has a Joe Budden podcast, he now has a new show with all ladies that are, it's pretty much like the, the lady version of his show. I forgot what it's called. But um, I would end up like that. I want to, um, if I'm going to keep doing podcasting, I, I love content creation. So it doesn't matter if it's in the podcast form. But if I'm going to continue with this momentum with the podcast, which is going very well, I would like to get bought by another network. And I would like to have other podcasts available in that umbrella that are different from my podcast. Totally different, too. I want a diverse feel. I want you to get there. Like, just anywhere else. I want, like, the landing page. I want you to be there. I don't want you to leave. <laughs> I want you to be entertained. And if you're not being entertained, I want someone else under the umbrella to be able to under- entertain you, too. So that'll take a while. Like I said, the merchandise, the Patreon, monetizing. Just making sure that it's as legit as possible in the future. Man, this gave me so many ideas, like everything you were talking about, about things I want to do in the future. I'm so excited. Man, I love doing interviews. I learned so many smart people, much smarter than me out here in the world. Excited to keep talking oh, about them. But now it's part I of the really podcast. I appreciate you, man. You're amazing. 
Do you have any questions for me or anything else you'd like us to go into that we maybe missed or anything we know more details about? Uh, yeah, yeah. What is your, what, what are your, I, so I know that you don't want to reflect it on the show. I don't know that you're trying to incorporate it in the show, but like, I, I would like you to expound a little more on toxic positivity. I would like, like, what, what are your real feelings on that? Nothing personal, nothing like what we discussed in the comment. It was, it was very short, <laughs> but I still uh, get, because I, I view you as a more positive person, whether you're just portraying it or not. That's why I would like your more of your opinion on that. On toxic positivity? Yeah, yeah. Like if you, anything that comes off the top of your head. Like, do you is there someone that you think exudes it too much? Do you exude it too much? Do you think that it's something that like we all need to balance out? Yeah. Well, um, I, I think a lot of that, a lot of my views on that has kind of come from my experience because there is someone I know that uh, in in my life currently um, that I'm kind of figuring out a way to manage. Uh, those energies, but someone, no matter what positive thing comes up or if someone has like some good news, um, there's always something negative that they try to shine light on. And it's not even like a, a negative way. It's just like, like it's, it's something simple as making a joke and the joke isn't positive or, or boosting up in any way. It's yeah. just like, Oh, you really could have just yeah. not said anything and it could have been better. You know what I mean? Um, and it takes a really strong yeah. person to be able to hear that from someone and then not let it affect their mentality and how they feel about things. Like even really strong people can still be affected by it a little bit. Whereas that person could have mm -hmm. just really said nothing and been like, you know, good job. Um, or made the joke after the news was announced and it had time to sit. Right? There's people that, that you say something good and they immediately have something like a joke or something that again, harmless in nature, but does still cause harm. And it's like, man, I'm saying something good and you just keep, you need the attention. You need to say something that's negative. You can't uh -huh. just roll with it. You know what I mean? And um, yeah. I know for me, when I say toxic positivity is from my, I've uh, and I talk about this in many podcast episodes, uh, just in different ways. And I think toxic positivity is a way to kind of I kind of I'm trying to process it still. I haven't really found a way to express it fully in a way that I want to. But I'll touch on a little bit. Um, you know, I've had several friends out here in Taiwan that you know I've hired, I've given opportunities to um, and I've supported them every step of the way. And then one small thing doesn't go in there, go, go, go right for them. And I have I can have literally nothing to do with it. Um, but then they do something bad to me or something that negatively affects me. And then the friendship is lost forever. But I'm still holding on to that. You know, hey, I, I, I believe in them, putting faith in them. But they consistently have shown time and time again when it when the rubber meets the road, they're always going to choose the realm of being selfish and going their route rather than, you know, having that same faith in me that I put into them. And I'm sitting there, you know, with the boo boo face like, man, I thought we I thought we was cool. They like, nah, man, like, you know, I, I love you, bro, but I'm going to do I'm, I'm going to do me. And I'm just like, damn, that's messed up because I'm sitting here doing us, pause, and you over there doing you. So, I mean, it's just there's a that I think that is what I'm trying to process. I want to create I want to create a, a production behind that and really process that thought and what that really means to me and what I'm really trying to say with it. But I know that's a thing is I am I have been not am I have been way too positive in situations and giving people opportunities in situations where I should not have. I should have literally cut it off. And I've done much better at cutting things off recently. Um, and it's definitely been better for my mental health. Good. And I hate to always mention this, uh, not this is the first I've mentioned here, but I think back to that movie Inside Out. Have you ever seen it on Disney? I didn't watch the whole thing. Damn, Carl. 
Come on, man. Come on. My bad. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> it was it was it was crucial. I'm not gonna lie. It was crucial to see that movie through the end. And so you saw all those different emotions. Lewis Black was the angry emotion, blah blah blah. And then the sad emotion was the one that everybody kept shooing away because everybody wanted to be fixated on being happy. Everybody wanted to be fixated on all the positive emotions. And then when the sad emotion ran away, the whole operation, the whole world started falling apart. Because you can't operate that way. And not not you, not you. But that's mm-hmm. why I took that post. That's why I took that IG story a little personally because I am that guy pretty much. I, I am a jaded individual. Um, Janine Garoppolo said something one time, a great NPR radio personality uh, comedian. And she said that I'm a jaded individual. A lot of people look at glasses half full and I look at it um, empty with some dust, some spiders crawling out of it and a little, <laughs> a little bit of broken glass. And she's like, and that's okay. And we all contribute a little bit of different things to the world. And so, you know, the, there's a lot of people that, that spread a lot of positivity. There's a lot of people like me that, you know, have a lot of jaded perspectives on the world. And we all bring it together. And that's all I have to say about that. You know, like, and, and my thing is, I think, here's what I think is different for for some other people, is that I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm okay with many things, honestly, but I'm okay with that if you can acknowledge that and understand it. I think some people haven't acknowledged the kind of person that they are and they struggle with it. So when they're confronted with it, they don't know how to put it into words, who they like, why or who they are, you know, just simply who they are. Like when I say I'm, I'm, I'm overly positive, I can give you examples of exactly what I mean. And I know that. So if you say something to me where it's like, Hey, sometimes you're too positive. I'm like, you know what? I get it. Can you please tell me more? Now I'm ready to listen. I want to hear things. So I'm like, okay, for this person or for this friendship group or for this business transaction, I need to maybe alter what I'm doing a little bit so that it's successful. I, I get that. But some people, they aren't at that level. They're like, you know what? This is who I am. And I understand that and I know it. But if you talk to me in the sense where, hey, you said this and this made me feel this way in the third, I kind of, you know what I mean? So I think that is the difference yeah. between some people. They don't really have that self-awareness to be like, nah, this is who I am. And I'm okay with that. You're going to be okay with that because I don't care if you're okay with it or not. You know what I mean? So I think that yeah. is a little bit of a difference in that. And one more thing to touch on what you said before, and I totally agree with you, by the way, that's not only do we, we're saving time, but like um, you, you're, you hit it right on the head, man. You hit it right on the head. I, I appreciate everything you responded with that. But back to what you said before um, about people not giving you that same, um, those same boundaries. Like it just seems like there's limited boundaries for one person. And then when you set up uh, boundaries for yourself, all of a sudden they ghost you and stuff like that. And uh, I'm not saying that I learned this lesson fully, but I had to learn some of it the hard way. And I'm not saying that you haven't already. Um, is that um, I I consider myself a good friend. And obviously that's biased because I'm talking about myself. But I put those same expectations sometimes on people. And they're not that good of a friend. And even <laughs> though I try to imagine them to be great friends, it's my fault, to be honest, at the end of the day. Um, we actually have a common friend that I did that about. Um, I don't mention his name to be honest. I don't care. It's not a big deal. Um, Brandon, Brandon, um, he came out with the album. We, ha- I had him as a guest recently, and and I was speaking to Courtney Smith. I was speaking to Courtney Smith, and she said, "Why did you have him on the show? I thought you guys were like adversaries or were beefing, blah blah blah." And to make a long story short, I said to her, "It was all on me to be honest. Like I kept making these false these false expectations, like, and I kept making him try to jump through it without even telling him." 
yeah. without even like, <laughs> yeah. like being like i'm upset about this and then i would stew over it and then one day it just finally like clicked i was just like yo he ain't upset about this he's he's got a daughter he's got his wife he's got his career he's not thinking about me right now he's not saying like oh i screwed over no he didn't screw me over but like you know i upset vince or you know i didn't fulfill this thing that i thought that vince wanted blah 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 so yeah back to you and back to anybody that considers himself a good friend or someone a good um, a professional, even when I was saying like being a professional, I can't expect everyone to be like me. That's that's my point. I can't, and you can't anybody that that has a dilemma where they're feeling like friends are fleeting because they're they're basically creating boundaries for themselves. Tell them to go fuck themselves and keep walking because <laughs> <laughs> you have every right to do that. And don't cut too many people off because then you'll have nobody. But yeah, a lot exactly. of people do that too much. Everybody thinks self-care is not selfish. And it is selfish to a point. But like you said, there's a balance. And that's all. No, you know, and that's that's the the last thing I'll say on that is that's the best piece of advice my father ever gave me. He said, if you expect everybody, if you go to live through life, and I was 16 at the time, live through life expecting uh-huh. everybody to react to things the same way that you react to things or have put false expectations on it, said you'll be disappointed your entire life. And in moments where I'm like, you know what? Why am I? Why do I feel this way? I'm like, you know what? Yeah, that person isn't me. I want them to feel this way, but they don't. And that's not anyone's fault. It's like it's just a reality. They're not me, and they're not going to feel and do things the same way that we do them. So yeah, once I that piece of advice has stuck with me for a very long time, and that applies to many stages in life and how I viewed friendships and things like that. And once I figured that part out, oh, I have so much peace now. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, you didn't think about that. I'm gonna let you know about it. I'm gonna tell you. Yeah, me too. It I'm happens right. again. Like if it happens again, I'm going to readdress it, but I'm not going to do it three times. But, you know, yeah, it's just understanding that like, <laughs> like, like everything you said is spot on. And I think I've now reached a point in my life where I know when to cut people off. Like you said, not cutting off everybody. But I recently eliminated a friend. I was really like, yeah, you know, every Sunday's meet up for, for dinner and this, that and the third. And then I was just like, wait a minute. It's, you never <laughs> give me that energy back. Like never. And I've oh, wow. expressed it to you before. And then you just still ha- i mean you know what nah i'm just gonna stop and i didn't even say anything i'm like if you actually care about being my friend you'll reach out to me this person still has it so you're like you know what now i understand you didn't care about the friendship at all and that's okay because now i'm done with it i've moved past it and i'm going to focus on the other people who add value to my life so and you and they failed the test you provided the test and they failed it's all good people fail tests all the time I'm about to fail one know. soon. I'm about. To, I'm trying to take the LSAT soon, so I'm probably gonna fail that soon anyway. So it's all good. Nah, you got it, man. Good luck. Good luck with that. Let me know thank how you. it go. And thank you for having me, man. I had a great freaking time. I knew I would. I've been actually. I've been hoping to be with, uh, to work with you for a long time, man. I, I I don't know why it hasn't happened until now, but it needs to happen way more often. Oh no, absolutely. Like I definitely want to definitely want to be on Keep Up. I think uh, again, I I yes, realized for sure. Just talking to you, I can do, I, I like talking about different types of things. I mean, the expat thing is amazing. It's what I'm truly passionate about, but I, I do want to open myself mm-hmm. up to have more different types of conversations. And I like being interviewed, but thank you so much for joining us again. It's been more than a pleasure. Um, definitely an amazing thank episode. Um, I'm excited to post it and then reshare it. And then I might actually go back and listen to this one because you definitely dropped some gems that I want to make sure I write down in my journal. But oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Carl, uh, for... I had a special time. You're a special person. Oh, my bad. I didn't mean to cut you off. You you outro it out, man. I'm so used to me interviewing people. Like that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> no, but thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, it was more than a pleasure having you on. Uh, just one really quick before we wrap up. Can you just uh, tell everybody, uh, mention your uh, like your podcast, your YouTube links, channel subscriptions, all that that people should know about. Sure. 
Um, Keep Up NYC is on IG, Instagram. Uh, you can find this Keep Up NYC on, uh, sorry, Keep Up Shut Up on Facebook. Uh, Stilvin Sane, S-T-I-L-L-V-I-N-S-A-N-E. That is my stage name. So if you type that in anywhere, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Twitch, I'm on all those good things, including the podcast. Just type in Keep Up. You can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podbean Now, <laughs> um, iHeartRadio, <laughs> all the great platforms, and YouTube. We, we, we try our best to come out with the episode the same day as the streaming services. Obviously, it's a little harder to edit video, and I do all the editing myself. But yeah, find us on all those platforms and right here for this episode. Yep. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of the Black Expat Podcast. As always, if you have not already, please become a patron of the Black Expat Podcast. It is the very first link in the description. Also, you'll find in the description a link to Vince's podcast. Make sure you guys check that out. And also check out my new article on Medium, the Expat Holiday COVID edition, and my new YouTube channel that I just uploaded a video about my travels in Laos. And what that was like. But thank you so much, Vince, for joining me on the show. Thank you guys once again for tuning in. My name is Carl, the Black Expat. We out here.